CJ and Zach came out and joined me here on the porch. We broke down the entire the of week two. It wasn't a crazy, crazy slate. But we had a uh, top ten matchup to deal with in Ames, and we got to it. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, fill stouts in the evening, grab the drink, and come on back. Because we're talking all things college football here on the porch. Let's go. Um, we got Saturday from the shoe, number 12, Oregon, number three, Ohio State, big noon, Saturday, Fox, Buckeyes, a 14 and a half mm. point favorite. What are you thinking there, Zach? Does Puddles stand a chance? And that's the uh, Oregon mascot for those that uh, don't know. Quack, quack. <laughs> quack. I would put some of that on whether or not Kayvon Thibodeau plays. I would imagine he's not. I heard he was in a boot during the game on Saturday. I guess he hurt his ankle. That'll that'll impact that game a lot. I don't know how much that has to do with the 14-and-a-half point uh, dog that the Ducks are getting, but I, I don't know if it'll be that steep, but I would say Ohio State managed to pull it out, um, even though they weren't overly impressive in their first game. Uh, against uh, against the boat rowers. Hey, and Ibrahim showed himself to be a phenomenal running back. Unfortunately, he gets, gets yeah. hurt. Uh, Nasty. I mean, that, that sucks for them. That sucks for P.J. Fleck and the Gophers, too. But, I mean, Stroud made a couple big-time throws. Um, Olavale, your boy, C.J., you might be right on that Dark Horse Heisman candidate. I hope you threw a couple dollars on that. Yeah. <laughs> Because the, and now that, that that juice that you was getting back just went down significantly, because he did look good. And let's go ahead and let you talk about your Buckeyes. I know you love Ryan Day. I know you probably want to go ahead and say they're going to win by like twenty one points Saturday or something like that, right? I, I, I like Ohio State in the matchup. I think fourteen and a half. I think some of it does have to do with with you know maybe the way Oregon looks Saturday, but I think some of that was looking ahead. <clears throat> you know, I, I think one thing that does concern me though with Oregon is. Their secondary really struggled in the past game. Um, you know, Olive's a big time wideout. I mean, for catches for 117 yards, I mean that's that's video game type numbers, which sadly for him is almost becoming a regular. Um, but with it being at Ohio State, like I said, I, I think that's going to be closer than 14 and a half. I see I see Ohio State edging that one out, um, but I expect that to be a good one. The, and the only reason I would think Ohio State is just because that's at home. If that was at Again, I probably would lean the other way. Hey, Thibodeau being in a boot, like you said, Zach, that's huge, though. I mean, I do like Anthony Brown at quarterback there for Oregon. Um, I like him running their system. Yeah, and, and luckily – Problems for sure. Yeah, and luckily for Oregon, that, that – yeah, he is in the boot, but, I mean, it didn't – from all the reports that I've read and heard, it doesn't seem like that's anything massive – um, so, I mean, that that's good news for Oregon fans that he probably should only missed one, maybe two games, and it's not the entire year because it looked bad. Terrible timing that it has to be this Saturday, though, for him personally. Yeah. I I, I do kind of think they might be able to run the ball, though. I mean, Verdell is pretty good, and Johnson, the running backs there for, for, for Oregon. And die. And die, yeah. I think they're pretty, pretty good. I think they've got some playmakers – 14 and a half just seems like a huge, huge number 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I like the points too. I think the over at sixty three and a half is almost a steel hammer. Oh yeah, that that thing's gonna the scoreboard's gonna light up. Uh, Zach, what I mean, what do you think, man? Do you do you do you like that over there, or are you feeling Oregon? What's what's your thought? Mm. What was the line one more time? Fourteen in the hook, and the spread or the over under. I mean. 63 and a half. Yeah. 63 and a half. Um, I'll probably take the slide under. Like a 38-24 type game? Yeah, not not far off, but just under. Yep. That's why those guys build towers out there. They know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found a couple other nooners pretty interesting here. The Gamecocks and the Pirates, the Purple Pirates, South Carolina, East Carolina, uh, a Saturday noon. Uh, no one there. The Iowa, four Iowa State quarterback threw for four touchdowns. Granted, inferior opponent. Holton Ayers can sling it. Big game uh, for both these teams. East Carolina, the following week goes to Marshall. They don't want to start 0-2, potentially 0-3. South Carolina, you know, first-year coach Shane Beamer, they want to keep it rolling heading into Georgia. Uh, that should be a fun contest. I think it could be, and this this is going to get me in trouble in the area I'm in. But East Carolina defensively was was bad. I mean, they they were awful, and I and I get it. Happy State's a good team, but if that kind of defensive performance shows up again, South Carolina is going to roll big. Agreed. I got nothing for this one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's the the line on that at the moment is even, and uh, that surprises me. I would feel like South Carolina would have that advantage being an SEC school. There might. I wonder what that is about. Uh, in fifty eight, the total. I kind of like that over. We got another nooner here, which I found to be very intriguing. And that's Pitt going to Rocky Top to take mm. volunteers. Pitt. Uh, a nooner there on ESPN. Pitt is a three and a half point road favorite. Tennessee is a home dog. I kind of like the home dog. Tennessee, Tennessee was relatively impressive in their first game out uh, with the um, But Bowling Green is awful, though, Zach. Yeah, they are. But you know, it being in Rocky Top, eat shit, Pitt. I'm uh, I'm gonna have to move, I'm gonna have to move with the balls on that one. I agree, buddy. I agree, and I kind of like Milton at quarterback, man. He's got athleticism. They haven't had that in a long time out of the position at Tennessee. Give me the balls as well. The home dog. What do you got, CJ? Um, yeah, I, I I'm gonna go. I'm with you guys on the, on that home dog thing, and it, and a lot of it's not just because I hate Pitt. Um. They actually went to the beach Saturday and scared some people because somebody was playing Sweet Caroline, and I yelled out, eat shit, pet as loud as I could. Um, that a boy. But uh, Jabril Small, I mean, that guy, 22 carries, 116 yards, um, physical running back. Uh, it's tough to take anything out of either either team, you know, an opening weekend. Like you said, Tennessee beat a really bad Bowling Green team. Pitt beat down a really bad UMass team. I, I expect Rocky Top to be just absolutely on fire um, and Tennessee to come out and play with that kind of urgency. 
um, and, and start, you know, to get this thing rolling in, in the direction in which they're wanting it to go. Um, and a win over Pitt, you know, gets them to, to two and O and I think sets them kind of nicely for the rest of their season, or at least to maybe start getting it to feel different down there. Would love to see Tennessee heading to the swamp to play the Gators at three and O that would be fun. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a very good chance that Pitt could come in there and kind of stomp them because they actually did look good against UMass, 51-7. to seven. So, interesting game. A game that I'll definitely peek at if Ohio State's boat race in Oregon. Hopefully not. Um, but another nooner I thought was interesting there was Tulsa and Oklahoma State. Opportunity for the Cowboys to, to rebound off a shaky performance or is Tulsa really maybe potentially that bad because they got beat by yeah, losing to UC Davis week one at home, not a great look. <laughs> not a great look. I think that's the. I think that might be the most true statement that we have we have uttered since we started this podcast here, Zach. That Golden is Hurricane. not a good look. Golden Hurricane. Yeah, were, and, they were more like a tropical storm. No, and I. You know what? I was actually rolling. I was thinking Golden. The Golden Hurricanes was the UC Davis mascot at first. <laughs> that was. <laughs> That was not good. That was not good. I saved it. Yeah. And, well, and here's the other thing to remember, too. If you're Oklahoma State, little revenge here. Tulsa beat you last year. Um, maybe have this one circled a little bit, want to come out and kind of put that, that, that taste out of your mouth a little bit from last year. I, I kind of agree with, back. I agree with you, CJ. I don't care even if they have Illingsworth, the quarterback. I'll take Oklahoma State to cover that big time. I kind of want to get that now before – it gets maybe gets steamed up a little bit later in the week, and they've got to go to Boise the following weekend. So, I mean, I would think Oklahoma State's not looking ahead to that. Um, and like CJ said, where they beat them last year, I think that's kind of a game that's going to definitely or almost beat them last year, kind of stick out in their head. Yeah, that should be a, a pokes pokes dub. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and Tulsa and, and Tulsa showed no ability to stop the passing game, and we all know Gundy can. Gundy will let his guys let it rip. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're going to want to make get a little confidence themselves after a lackluster performance. We got Florida and South Florida. Uh, Gators are a 28.5-point favorite. One o'clock, weird time. They're doing a lot of weird times this week for the, to accommodate for that Iowa State-Iowa game. Um, weird one. I don't really have a feel on that. South Florida looked awful. 28.5 is a lot of points, though. They got blanked by NC State. That's tough. Yeah, NC State's a good team, though. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. Na, 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 na. But no doubt about it, NC State's going to be a solid team this year. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't sleep on them at all. But South Florida getting shutouts a tough, tough. Not a, like Zach said, not a good look. <laughs> No, it's it it, it it it's not. But I think um, Anthony Richardson, um, the young freshman uh, for Florida, um, yeah, he was their leading rusher, 160 yards on seven carries. Um, a lot for South Florida to turn handle. I expect him to have another huge day. Um, I don't know if Florida wins by four touchdowns, but I think it's going to be close. I, I can see them winning probably by 24. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those ones they build the towers out there for a reason. The hook could get, really get a lot of people, I think, too. You definitely want to see that under 28 before you, before you even think about it. Um, 
and Mid- definitely take and definitely take the under uh, under the fifty nine. I just don't know if South Florida is going to give you enough help there. Yeah, and and I don't think Florida without trash they're going to get you that get you fully there. I like that take there, CJ on the under. Um, you got a couple games at two and two thirty. Middle Tennessee State's going to Virginia Tech. Hopefully they, they avoid the letdown. I don't want to get the Hokies coming off a loss to, to Middle Tennessee State. Um, they put up 50 against Monmouth, so they at least have the possibility to score some points on the Hokies. Maybe they're looking down. 20-point favorite for Virginia Tech. I'm not even going to lie to you. I didn't even know Monmouth had a football team. I didn't either, CJ, <laughs> uh, to be quite honest. I just knew him from the bench mob. You have Toledo and Notre Dame. I think that's sneaky, to be honest with you. Uh, Sixteen and a half is the t- is the spread there for the Irish, and you got to get that one on the Peacock Network. Uh, they're making us buy for football too. Damn, well, I'm not going to do that because I don't give a damn about Notre Dame. Go Toledo. Well, yeah, but sixteen and a half is interesting. I think Toledo's got a pretty good offense. I think they'll cover that spread. I think they will find a way to make it interesting. They won't win, but I think they'll maybe lose by like 14 or 13, kind of be a 30 to 17 game, maybe sneak in the back door there for the cover. Yeah, and, and the over under at 54 and a half is is, is pretty sneaky. I, I That one I'd, I'd stay away from. Absolutely. Wouldn't touch it with your money, CJ. Um, <laughs> Zach, Zach, you got to take on either, either one of those that you would look at for a bet there. And thoughts on the Irish in general? I kind of hate Notre Dame even more than usual because they stole Mackenzie Milton's Cinderella story. Oh, no, man. That yes. was so awesome. Pissed. And shocking to me that Milton just continued to play in that game. I didn't think that there was – it was just a matter of the starting quarterback losing his helmet, right? And then Milton just kept playing. Well, you know what, though? Why wouldn't you have kept playing? I know it was just weird. It's a circumstance <laughs> that you're really not used to. It's like if Milton was that guy, why didn't you just start him to begin with? Makes me question Mike Norvell a lot. <laughs> More so than you already did, probably. <laughs> exactly. I kind of liked him in Memphis, but that that was not, as you say, Zach, not a good look. Um, it wasn't. Fact, I wonder how much of that too was, as they were really worried about Milton. I mean, that that knee got pretty messed up. I, I'm wondering how much of that was them really just scared for that kid, just trying to be safe. Yeah, that, hey, that, that, look that what happened it, when he got out there, though. He's the dude oh, now. Oh Milton yeah, I mean, he played like it didn't, like he wasn't even thinking about it. But you got to wonder if maybe the coaching staff was like, eh, I don't know if we want to put, you know, because you know. Notre Dame's defense, you know, their defensive line, you know, everybody was kind of expecting them to be able to really get after people, and their defense was soft as Charmin, it looked like at times. Um, but I, I think that might have been what it came down to was is they were just they were still a little 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 nervous about him. Well, in the in the Bobby Bowden tribute game, there was it was that was the doke felt like it did back when Bobby Bowden was coaching, and that was awesome to see. And, yeah. and I hope that Florida State can continue to be intriguing and be interesting. And I think they will with Mackenzie Milton, at quarterback. Um, I know we were talking about Notre Dame in that instance. And that, that could be a problem for them coming up, though, because that game had to take a lot, of, a lot out of them. And maybe if Toledo can catch them sleeping, turnovers to get involved, you never know. Um, a 3.30 kickoff that I'm interested in, guys, and a game that I'm going to be definitely on, Zach, your Dragons, 
the UAB Blazers uh, <laughs> head in head in to, to between the hedges there to take on the Georgia Bulldogs at Sanford Stadium. Go Georgia Dogs. Uh, Georgia is a 24 and a half point favorite in that game. But I'll tell you this right now, coming off that win versus Clemson, the offense didn't look great, obviously, but they found a way to get something done that a lot of teams haven't done. And CJ, we're going to get into here in a minute why I don't have Georgia as high as maybe you do. Um, and I'm going to take UAB to cover that spread. I think Bill Clark's got a good football team. Give me the Blazers to cover that spread for sure. Go Dragons. <laughs> I, 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 I have a problem with that now. Yeah, I'll, I, Georgia's offense did not look good against Clemson now. But that's a Clemson that, defense, though, too. Correct. Clemson, Clemson's defense is, is very, very good. Georgia's defense, what shocked me was – out of them is, is sideline to sideline linebacker speed that they have is scary is phenomenal. Um, I mean that that is probably the quickest sideline to sideline defense Georgia's had ever maybe because um, they'll just flat out they get out they keep everything in front of them they gang tackle everybody's running to the ball I just I, I like Georgia I like Georgia big in this one I'll be honest with you. I don't know if Clemson couldn't find the end zone. I don't know if UAB does. When you beat the Georgia Bulldog, you're gonna feel a bulldog bite. Rack, 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 But CJ, when you start when you start talking about it and thinking about it that way, right? It's it is it is a thought. It is interesting to think. I mean, UAB is not UAB is not going UAB. They're not going to be as ready defensively as they were for Clemson, obviously, A. But they're definitely going to score some more points. So I think maybe Georgia or Georgia might let down their guard a little more defensively in this game because it won't be as intense of an atmosphere as it was there against Clemson. And, and you make a good point there, and I could see that. It's just I think – Kirby has this team locked in and they understand you want to be the top dog in that conference. You want to beat Alabama. You want to be considered the favorite. You've got to come out every week, weekend, regardless of who's across on the other sideline, and take care of business and completely leave no doubt, to borrow the Bill Stewart phrase. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. Hey, you know what? I think you're right. That's a good point. 24 and a half in the over under is 46. I like I like the under a lot. I mean, but I, can I mean, like 31 to 10. Yeah, I mean, Georgia to me was one of the most impressive teams over the weekend just because, I mean, what they did to Clemson has been to them in well over a decade. And I mean, to look that because it, and Herb Street made the point late in the fourth quarter. If you looked at this, you know, if you had just were watching the game, didn't see the, the bottom line, you'd have felt like Georgia was up 20, 30 points and they were only up seven. But that's the how question, dominant they felt. Dominant they felt, right? But it, like 10 to three, though. Like, so offensively, I know Clemson's a very good defensive team, too, but you got to find a way to score some more points than that. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Now, the one thing I did think about Georgia is is now they did struggle really throwing the ball. Uh, I think some of that, you know, Clemson is really good defensively, but it felt like Georgia really, when they wanted to, when they wanted to run the ball, 
they got whatever they wanted. I mean, Zamir White's a legit running back. I mean, let's, you know, and it kind of felt like they were getting what they wanted on that. Um, but JT Daniels has got to be better. I mean, two of 30, yeah, that's great, but you throw for 135. That's got to come up some for Georgia because um, you're not going to beat Alabama 10-3, 10-7. You're going to have to score points. Zach, what do you think, man, about, I mean, about Georgia offensively on Saturday? I think that a lot of the statistics that CJ's referencing for Daniels, we've talked about Daniels, but I don't think anybody here thinks he's like we discussed in the last pod, or I'm sorry, the West Virginia pregame pod, that Daniels is a Heisman worthy contender type quarterback. But I think those statistics that CJ referenced are more so to do with, with Clemson's defense. Their defense is just as good, if not possibly better than Georgia's, but you know, they did what they had to do to win the game. They didn't try to get too crazy. DJ, yeah, I mean, the, the, the pick six is the difference in that game. Exactly. And DJ in his first start was not crisp. Um, and I actually learned how to say his last name. Uaglele? Who? yes. Something like, something like that, Uaglele? It rolled yeah, off the tongue, but the last time I tried to say it. That, that, like well, it. that's what Fowler and them kept saying, so we'll go with that. They, they're the experts. But he, he wasn't crisp in his first game. Um, huge. Huge stage for that. Um, I looked at for him to bounce back in a big way. I've actually got some money on him as a Heisman winner, so hopefully that happens for me. Um, I I don't know. I I think Georgia will probably steamroll UAB. I like I like the pick by Blaine for them to cover the the Dragon Blazers. Um, but I think uh, I think Georgia will see better days offensively after that. That'll be the toughest defense they see all season, besides what they'll see against Alabama later yep. on. Absolutely, yeah, Zach. It almost feels like if, Al- if, if UAB covers it, that thing's going to be like 24-3 or 21-0. Like, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking, CJ. I could have, to know, be honest. Yeah, uh, and, and you might be legit in that. Um, you know, thinking about it, that aspect, you, you're, you're probably right. I can see the argument there. Because, I mean, Georgia just doesn't feel offensively – like Alabama, where they're just going to come out, you they roll the ball out, and they're just automatically going to hang 30. The one thing, though, that I will say is I think they might want to try and do that a little bit with Daniels here, give them a little confidence. Clemson's got a really good defense. Let's, let's like Zach said, to be honest, it's very, very good. So they just found a way to win, and they made the one play. Like you said, CJ, the pick six was the difference. When you beat the Georgia Bulldog, you're going to feel a Bulldog. Bye. Difference, obviously. Neither team scores. I mean, a touch. So, it's it obviously goes to show the strength of the dogs. I do think Georgia uh, wins, but I'm thinking it's going to be like 24 nothing. So, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and take take the Blazers still. Yeah, it's probably that, that, hook, that hook's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you want to take Georgia, you're going to wait. You need to try and wait that down. But I don't think it's going to get down anymore. I might even wait longer on it to see how many points you can get for UAB before you take that thing. Um, But I do think you take it. Uh, You smell it. It's a smelly one, but it's one that you hold your nose and you pick and and you cash it out. Uh, Because Georgia is going to sit on it at some point in time. Because what do they really need to show anybody in this game? Nothing. Yeah, I, I, it'd be one of those I'd take it on its own. I wouldn't be putting that in a parlay and praying to God because that'd be the one that screws your parlay. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Uh, <laughs> another 330 that I, I found to be interesting, Texas A&M and Colorado. Uh, A&M 17-point favorite on the road. So that's that's intriguing. Um, 
the Hayes King kid against Kent State. And I don't know if you guys saw how, how Kent State did not get the cover, missing two field goals and one that literally smacked the post on bad beats um, last week. So I think Colorado is a sneaky pick to cover in this game. I don't think they win because Texas A&M defense is just going to dominate, I think. Ah, the fighting Chris Fowlers. Yeah, the Buffs. Although they just put up 35 in their first game against some fear competition, though. I think A&M will lock them down uh, defensively. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Colorado is very sneaky to cover. Um, I think A&M probably wins it. But, yeah, I, I could see Colorado being a sneaky cover, maybe gets a late touchdown to get inside that 17 number right now. I'll say A&M blows them up. Take the I like, I like oh, it, Zach. Ooh, oh, and Zach, the over. Zach, Zach, Zach loves him some Jimbo. 50 and a half. You know what? I could, maybe they put it on him. And then Colorado gets a little bit of their points because A&M's playing some second stringers there at the end. Interesting. Um, the yeah, the garbage time, which is a very important uh, if you have a college fantasy league, um, which your boy does. So at 4.30 kick here, Iowa and Iowa State game day location. I mean, ABC, and, and they're pulling out all the stops this one to get this in their, their – 3.30 kick time out there in Ames. How was, about two weeks in a row we get a top 10 matchup? How cool is this? Oh, yeah. State and a half point favorite against Iowa. Uh, man. It's that's, that's going to be an electric atmosphere. I mean, they're already camping out there in Ames with their forty nine thousand season ticket holders. That's a that's a bit of a sneaky one. I I was defense is legit, man. And oh yeah, you know we talked we talked about in the last pod with Iowa State's lackluster performance week one against Northern Iowa. It kind of freaks you out, but at the same time, you don't want to read too much into it. But Iowa's defense completely smothered Indiana. And granted, their offense wasn't crazy explosive. They only scored 20 points. They had two pick sixes to get into 34. But Iowa State, man, they better look out. This is going to be a tough to say the least. Yeah, this one's going to be interesting. And, of course, the game wasn't played last year. Um, you know, and so you got to think Iowa State's really going to be up for that. And and here's the crazy thing to think in this in this rivalry game. When's the last year Iowa State beat Iowa for the Cyhawk? Twenty seventeen, like maybe Matt Campbell's third year. Nope. Was not twenty twenty seventeen was a win for Iowa in overtime. I'll okay. Say two thirteen. You're close. It was 2014. It was at Iowa. And it was a 2017 win for the for the clones. Now, hey, is that Matt Campbell? No. Who was the coach then? Ooh, that's that's the early Big Twelve days for WVU. I should know this. Um, that would be wasn't Paul. that um Paul something Paul, Paul Rhodes. Rhodes Paul Rhodes. Yep. Paul Rhodes. Hey, do you do you listen at all? <laughs> um, 
so no, I, so, I mean, you got to think at this, like, you got to feel like Iowa State's do. I think a lot of the love for Iowa's coming on how well they looked against Indiana um, and how shaky Iowa State was. I, there's this one. I really like Iowa State in this one. And I just because we talked about it, you know, that they said they feel they feel like they're ready to take that step to have a really good year. This is that stepping stone for them to finally kind of bring that Cyhawk thing back home. It's at home. The place should be electric. Yep. You I'm, get to play it last year. A hundred percent with you, CJ. hundred percent with you, my friend. On Iowa State, this is their time. This is the game they want. They they missed the opportunity the last time. It's, again, the same group was essentially there, right? Five star culture that they talk about, they're ready to explode. That yeah, offense, and none, of, and, and none of these kids have any idea what it's like to win this rivalry. And I think you got guys like Brees Hall. Brock that's Purdy the one they don't. want. That is the one yeah. that they want. Brock Purdy yeah. wants wants this one more than he's won in any other game, probably in his career to this point. Brees Hall, which can be dangerous, right? But I think that it will not be Saturday. Xavier Hutchinson is going to make some big plays. Charlie Kohler, they are going to control the middle of the field. I know Iowa's got a great defense, and Goodson can run the football, but I don't think Iowa's got that they're going to need. It's going to come down to who makes mistakes. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's going to be a very interesting coaching matchup too. You know, you know, Kurt Ferentz is a really good coach. He's been around a while. Matt Campbell's shown he's a very good young coach. Um, to me, it comes down to I, I, I trust Purdy as the quarterback more than I do that that Predis kid from Iowa. I think you're 100 percent right, CJ. And I also trust and and love that Iowa State's got the home crowd right. All the Bush lights that a man can drink will be an aim Saturday. And I think that's going to propel him too. Yeah. And by the way, the ticket for that game right now, lowest you can find on us, uh, vivid seats is $202. And that's for the nosebleeds. Hey, good. Them good people for the are ready. Rivalry. Yeah. Them, them, them folks are ready out there. Zach, what do you got, buddy? Honestly, my thought on it is, CJ referenced the last win that Iowa State had in this rivalry, 20-7 to victory. I could see it being around that this time. I honestly could see it being a slobber knocker and Iowa State pulling it out just barely. But Iowa covers in that scenario. Oh, no, no, they wouldn't. Oh, oh so, you're saying, so you're saying Iowa might – you're thinking Iowa State might win a game like 17-14 type. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And it'd be under, and the under, the over under is 49. Or no, sorry, 46. I honestly like Iowa State to cover, and I like an under as well. I think that's the play for sure. Um, because you don't I, really I, have a lot of explosiveness on that Iowa offense, and Iowa State's defense is very solid. And I was, Iowa State has the explosive, explosive playmaker. So if they don't turn it over, I expect Brees Hall to make at least a play. I expect Charlie Cole to make a play. I yeah, expect but I, to make a play. And, and Purdy can make plays with his feet too, which I think will be the key for them Saturday in that win. Go I, go Iowa State. The clones are going to take it. That one's for Uncle John, right?
with I'm with you on that blame, but I have learned in my time when it comes yeah, I'll, I I always take the dog and uh, to cover in a rivalry game no matter what it is just because those rivalry games especially this one always seem to be to be close that that thing's always in that 3 number and so that to me I would I would take Iowa in the points but I think Iowa State wins interesting interesting um a 7 o'clock kick in old Southwest Conference game here. Another rivalry. Number five, Texas going to Arkansas. Going in to Fayetteville, too, by the way, in this one. Um, do we give do we give the Hogs a chance here? Uh, they are a 6.5-point dog at home. I kind of like the Hogs. I like what Pittman's doing down there. You like them to win or to cover? I like them to. I like them to cover. I do. Okay. I think they keep it close. I think they very easily could win that football game. Ah oh, man! If Texas uh, turns it over. I, I can see it. I think Texas is riding real high. I know that you know they don't have a game that they that they're overlooking them for yet, but. <sighs> I think they were really fired up for Louisiana. I'm not sure they're going to be as fired up for, for Arkansas. And I don't know why, but I'm just not – I don't trust Texas. That's that's where I'm at in this thing. I don't trust Texas. I I trust what I'm going to get out of Arkansas, though. I like Pittman, what he did last year there. He's kind of been building, you know, something. They beat a decent Rice team, 38-17. to 17. The Jefferson kid has the ability to run the football. He's not a great passer, but Smith. Uh, at the tailback position there for Arkansas is is pretty solid. Had a hundred yard game there. Um, if you don't want to give Rice credit, CJ, because they're conference USA, I I totally know where you're probably going to go with that. But I just wanted to uh, to go ahead and throw that out there. Um, well, do you no, give Arkansas I, much of a chance? I, I I like what you're saying there. For me, a lot of it's going to come. Does Arkansas have that home field? Is there crowd there? Are they electric? You know, because this is going to be Hudson Cards. You know, come out. Arkansas going to have the crowd there. You don't think the Hogs are showing up? I, well, well, no, I, I think they will. But the question, you know, it's can can they make can the crowd make it tough on a kid like Hudson Carter be his first road start? I, I, are you I, down I like the what, SEC, CJ? Well, uh, they want to welcome see, Texas rudely to this conference. I can tell you that I right think, now. Yeah, and I think that's probably going to be what really draws it out for them. The, the big difference in me, I, I like where you're at with, you know, Arkansas to cover it, but that Robinson kid that Texas has, I mean, he's, he's going to get a ton of carries again. Um, the, can Arkansas slow down Whittingham? You know, that's going to be a question. I, I like where you're at in Arkansas to cover. And part of it is, yeah, I don't trust Texas because they always find a way to screw something up, but I, I think Texas finds a way to maybe sneak out with this thing, but I, you're you're talking me into Arkansas here just just because of screw it horns down. So. Texas to cover big. You like Texas big, Zach? I don't know about big. I'm thinking like ten, maybe fourteen, but I I do like Texas. I'm yeah. unfortunately unfortunately. Coming in on the other side of where you're at, I actually am kind of I'm kind of trusted Texas. I don't know. I'm you're Texas is back guy already. No, I didn't say they're back. I'm just you saying just, I'm they're back enough to beat Arkansas. Back up to beat Arkansas, <laughs> exactly. They don't yeah. have to be that back. Yeah, 
Hey, that's that's fair. Um, another night game here, and this is a, I find most interesting. The one that I'll probably be taking a peek at more than any of the other ones, the App State squad from the boys from Boone coming into the Orange Bowl. Well, it's not the Orange Bowl because it's Hard Rock, but they're going to take on the Canes. All about the U. Miami twenty now. Um, I I for some reason think App State's going to give them a ball game. I think I think Diaz has them come back after that shellacking, and they they should be in better shape. I think De'Aaron King gets back on track, and I don't know if they thrash Appalachian State, but I think they'll I think they'll probably cover also. Yeah, I love App State to cover in this one. Um, Me too, CJ. Miami's defense didn't look good. Now, granted, you know Alabama's offense is just in reload mode, and you got to give Nick Saban a ton of credit. The quarterback, he's now gone much more spread, up tempo. Let's go. Let's revamp this thing. Let's score a bunch of points. So that is into it a little bit. But App State has a very good offense. Uh, and I'm just going to say now, I Dorit King to me might be the most over. The kid just continuously makes mistakes that hurt his team. It, it, I like Happy State to cover. I think Miami does find a way to win it just because they're going to want to come out and not be 0 and 2. But I don't I'm know. If, right I don't now, know if I'd be surprised if Happy State found a way to win this thing. I think I'd like App State to win the ball game on the field. Oof. I do. I really do. I think App State, I like the Bryce kid at quarterback, the Duke transfer. He's efficient. He looked really good in that game. Granted, East Carolina is not a juggernaut. We know that. But I like Noel at running back and also Cameron Peoples. I liked what I saw at App State last year when I watched him live. Um, Hennigan, a tough wide receiver. They've got a good nucleus and a good defense. Gonna thrash Miami, but give me half state. I think they're gonna. I think they are gonna win. I think well, they're gonna. I think they're gonna be. Miami, or, I, I don't um, like the home crowd there at Miami either. I don't think they're gonna have any atmosphere there. I it, think Abstate's gonna well, go in there and, and beat them. Yeah, and Miami's never had a real good home crowd because they don't have an on-campus facility because it's very tough to to do anything like that in Coral Gables. They don't bust the students over there. The the crowd's kind of lackluster. And DJ, it they had a home crowd when they were in the original Orange Bowl, the OG Orange Bowl, when they were making the documentary, and Jimmy Johnson was patrolling cool. that sideline looking fly, man. Yeah, but ever since they've moved, it it, it, it they've lost that. They it's don't all have, about it's, the U. It's all it's, about the U. Yeah, it's it's just it. So I, I'm with you. I love Abbey State in this one. I, I want to feel real foolish if they end up winning. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm, out, I'm outnumbered here. Well, hey, here's, Zach, here's, here's you're, you're probably going to be on the safe side. Yeah, awesome. I mean, here's here's my thing with Miami is, and and I said this, they I thought they you know, were were overranked, but they're kind of like me with Texas. I I got to see it before I believe it. I think that's fair. Um, another seven o'clock game was pretty interesting. NC State, Mississippi State. The Wolfpack heading down to Stark Vegas. Two and a half point favorite, North Carolina State. Uh, I think you never turn your back on the Wolfpack. We know that. Uh-
you know, give me give me the Wolfpack there, big time uh, against Mississippi State. I'm not really sold on Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm with you. Take the pack. Yeah, I, I'm with solid you. Solid team, but eh. you know this. You know you survived. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. It's just part of it for me is, is I just, you know, I don't trust Mike Leach. But he's so much fun. <laughs> I guess that doesn't garner trust at the end of the day. So you're saying Austin, you don't have trust in Austin Kendall? Well, Neil Brown doesn't. So I guess I don't by extension. <laughs> so- so does that mean that? Does that mean that you that you trust? No, never mind. Never mind. It's, they're not mutually exclusive. Forget it. All right, all right. I'm trying to go transitive property on you. Um, <laughs> so I thought you were going to say, does that mean that I have trust in Daggy because Neil Brown has trust in Daggy? I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. <laughs> 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 Whew. Well, the um. I'll say this to to say this is that if you tr- if you have trust in Daggy after what we've seen, I I have little trust in you, and I'm I'm almost on your camp there, Zach, when it comes to Garrett Green. Oh man, look at you coming over to the dark side. Well, here's the thing. I want to see him. I want to see him make some plays Saturday. I want to see him on the field. We haven't seen him on the field. Let's see him on the field. Hey, over under on Garrett Green touchdowns one and a half. Give me the over Saturday. Okay, I like it. Absolutely. CJ, I'm going to take the over on that too, just because I. Part of me just wants to see this team come out and you know hang 70 on the scoreboard and do what we did to Rutgers years ago, like Rich's, what, first or second year. Um, so, yeah, give me the over on that one just because, like I said, I want to see him hang 70. Sweet. Garrett Green time, baby. <laughs> it's it's time for Garrett Green. I want to see Garrett Green become eventually what Matt Corral is for Ole Miss. Um, they're hosting the Governors from Austin Pay. I haven't seen a line on this yet, but I don't care what it is. I would take, I would take Ole Miss big. Lane's going to throw the play sheet up a couple times Saturday night. Ole Miss is a fun team to watch, fellas. I'll tell you that right now. Take the over. 100%. Defense looked really good Monday night there against against Louisville. Now, granted, Louisville's a little one-dimensional, but, man, DJ Durkin had him coached up, and on a national stage, Ole Miss defensively looked real good. I think they're one of the, they were one of the top five teams of the weekend for sure. Um we're going to get into top five teams here after we talk about two more games. So gives you guys a chance to think about it real quick. Put that on the spot on you. Um, speaking of, speaking of Louisville, think about the state, the situation and the shape that they're in. Things could be worse. Then Louisville. They're in pretty tough shape right now. Are they not? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Satter, I don't know. Satterfield had a good first year. Last year was weird with COVID. I, maybe I'm not as down on them as you are, but they do have a difficult schedule coming up, though. 
I mean, yeah, they'll beat East Kentucky, but then they got to play UCF and they got Florida State that's resurgent. Wake, I, I don't think they're as bad off as maybe what we're thinking right now. I think I it's getting know. better I, than what I think it's getting better and it's going to improve consistently moving forward. I think Satterfield's a decent coach. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm kind of with Zach on this one just because, like you said, Louisville's so one dimensional right now. And that's got to change, or they're really gonna they're they're gonna be hurt if they can't figure out how to how to make teams be honest. Yeah, a a night a night game here from the big grocery store uh, involving Louisville's arch rival and state rival Kentucky hosting Missouri. Kentucky a five point favorite. I love Kentucky in that game. Give me give me give me the Blue Cats there minus the five. Without question. What do you guys think? To me, this one's going to be an interesting one because I think Kentucky's going to get really tested defensively, um, especially against the run. Um, you know, Tyler Batty is – his last name is correct because he's a bad man. Um, you know, he had over 200 yards rushing. Yeah, granted, it's Central Michigan. I get it. Um, but, I mean, still, that's – you know, to, to tote the ball like he did, I think they're going to be tested um, – I think this is going to be interesting. I like UK just because it's at home. Um, that five feels sneaky. That five almost feels like it's right. Hmm. Zach, what you got, man? Big blue all the way. I I agree. And I like Levis, a quarterback. He lit it up the other day. Yeah, the Penn State transfer, he did light it up. Four touchdowns. They got Rodriguez uh, in the backfield there. Chris Rodriguez, a junior who had a damn good year last year and had a great day Saturday, 125 yards on the ground, 19, 19, touch, 19 touches, got to the got to the house once as well. Speaking of Rodriguez, uh, bad day for Rich Ooh. Rod and son. Yes, Fun Row got worked by Kentucky, and Rhett was uh, – he got wrecked by that big blue defense there. Mark Stoops has, a, has definitely put his – kind of his thumbprint on this program and uh i gotta go with uh i gotta go with kentucky big time their saturday uh, i like them at home uh to roll over missouri i don't trust missouri um but it could be a good game uh cj you, you might have a point they're saying it's they might be right on it um washington goes to michigan by the way fellas an eight o'clock game in the big house washington coming off the, the loss to montana I didn't really think Washington should have been ranked anyway to start the season. I wasn't really sold on them. And now Michigan has me feeling them a little bit here. And they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Um, granted, you know, Western Michigan is not the strongest of opponents, but Michigan did look good, and Washington looked bad. Morris threw three interceptions there against the Grizz. He was a freshman. I don't know why we all – why Washington people were so high on Washington. Um, what do you guys think on that one there for the big ball game on ABC – Saturday night from the big house. Let Alex I, I, loose. What, what, what you got, Zach? Let Alan Bowman loose. Where was he last week? You want to see, you want to see a little more, uh, you want to see Bowman? Yeah. What, what happened? He transferred to Michigan. He can't, he can't get the job, huh? Uh, in, interesting. He's probably hurt already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like Michigan because it's, it's at Michigan. I, I, I expect Washington to kind of come out fighting. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough. My, my issue is, is in it, and it, 
as it pertains to Michigan is Jim Harbaugh played quarterback, and that's been the one thing Michigan hasn't really been able to get right since he's been there. And I don't know if this is the year they do get it right, but it's it's Michigan at home. I don't think Washington's as good as what people thought they were. I think they'll come out angry, but I don't think it's going to be enough. 48 and a half is the total. I, I kind of am feeling an under in that game in Michigan to win it. Um, I, I like those picks from both of you guys there. Zach? I take the under for sure. Yeah, I definitely – very interesting game. Potential new Big 12 member hosting a ranked Utah Ute squad. Cal Whittingham's team coming in 10-15 on ESPN. The Utes are a seven-point favorite on the road against BYU, but they're telling you they're going to run the conference in the Big 12 already if you read some of the message boards um, because they beat Arizona, uh, a team that last time we saw them on the field before this game, I saw a Chinese guy for Arizona State score against Arizona's defense in a route on a Friday night in a rivalry game. And he was the first guy to ever score a touchdown um, from China. And it was a big deal. But that's how bad Arizona's defense was. That dude, he was a four-stringer, got on the field and was able to make that magical moment. And now at BYU's bragging they're going to be the toast of the conference because they beat him 24-16. to Get real. Um, but what do you guys think for Saturday night there, uh, BYU and Utah uh, coming up? Stay on topic with Big 12 transfer quarterbacks, Charlie Brewer making things happen. I I'd uh I'd take Utah on that one big. You know what? I, I'm actually kind of leaning the other way. I, I like BYU at home and I know you know Zach Wilson's not there. You know, he's in the uh he's in the league now playing in New York. Um you know but there's a name there that we kept talking about last year, Blaine. Um Tyler Allinger, the the running back, he's back. Um you know Big, you know, he's a physical runner. Um, Neil Pau, uh, the wide receiver, you know, had another, you know, just solid outing. You know, eight catches, one twenty-six, two touchdowns. I, this BYU team, there's something about them. I know, you know, Zach's gone, but you know, felt like you know Jaron Hall stepped in and played well. Um, I don't feel like he's trying to be Zach Wilson. He's just trying to be him. I know everybody loves Kyle Winningham in Utah, but I don't know. It's just, I, something about BYU, this team, this game's at BYU. I, give me the Cougars at home. I I can see, I mean, BYU's definitely a, a tough team, and it, it's a program that's always going to kind of be what they are. It's a team that obviously still has a lot of guys who experienced what a great team was last year. So – I could definitely see them keeping it close. It's a rivalry game as well, CJ. So I like that. I like that pick from you. But I, I, I think I'm leaning toward Charlie Brewer making some big plays, and BYU's just maybe a little bit still more retooling in that one. And I think Utah wants to prove something um, in that in that matchup there. Stanford and USC a 10:30 kickoff on Fox. So they're trying to compete a little bit here in the primetime window. Got to love all these networks trying to put on games for us in the late window. Got to love it. Pac-12 after dark. Um, we just need Bill Wando to announce some of these games for football, too, I think. Do uh, we, though? Oh, yes, we do, Zach. Yes, we do. Um, USC hosting Stanford. But he's got to do it in a Grateful Dead t-shirt. Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah, he would. That's the <laughs> whole point. Um, Sometimes the light's all shining on me. What a day. Oregon, happy 100th 
59th birthday. 14th ranked USC in Stanford. I would love to have Bill Walton on the call for that. Uh, for some reason, I'm definitely going to take Slovis to be to absolutely be slinging it, and uh, they're going to route Stanford. Yeah, I agree. I'd take the uh, I'd take the over in the in the cover for USC. Yeah, I, I definitely would too. Um, you know, Slovis is going to sling it all around the place. Drake London should have an, another huge game. Um, you know, I think I think that as the season goes along, if USC continues to win, keep keep Drake's name kind of at the forefront. He could be a guy very easily in the Boletnikov conversation. Oh, without doubt. Get to our, our teams that most impressed us last week. Uh, kind of top fives there. Uh, CJ, I want, want to start with, with, with Zach, and then we want to move on to you, and then I'll follow up third, man. Okay. I, I don't want to take – I don't want to take low-hanging fruit and take Alabama. I'm sure you guys will cover that one. I – let me go ahead and take Georgia because that matchup, and for them, I don't care if it was – Uaglele, Uaglele, <laughs> DJ. How about DJ? I don't care if it was DJ, DJ. season. I don't care if his experience is, you know, not there yet. To hold Clemson and all their talent on offense to three points, that's a hell of a statement to come out to to start the season. I'm going to put Georgia as my first pick. When you beat the Georgia Bulldog, you're going to sell a Bulldog. Bye. Yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of kind of took mine there. Um, yeah, I, I would then have to pro- – gosh, I don't really want to take low-hanging fruit because I know Bama's going to be be on the list and you kind of would expect them to be. I, I'm going to go a little differently here because Alabama was definitely on my list, but I'm going to give you one I don't know if we would really truly cover or not. And I'm going to give Blaine a little credit here on this one. UCLA. That was the one I was thinking about also. Good call. Um they can you win know, that sissy blue. You know, I, I, I said I wasn't really sure. I wasn't quite as high on them. You know, now they're 2-0. and um, That was a big game. I know LSU's probably not the 16th team in the country. Um, but Chip Kelly's got his kids in there now. They're starting to really play his way. Um, he said it right after the game. He said, you know, I don't care about anybody else. The kids in that locker room believe, and that's all I'm really concentrating on. So what that tells me is he's got his fingers on the pulse of this team. Those kids have bought in. They want to get this thing turned back around and really start to challenge USC again as a team in that city. So I, I was very impressed. UCLA, they came out, they handled business. Um, and I kind of walked away from that one going, you know what? I think Chip's, Chip's got this thing looking like Oregon again. I like it. I mean, hey, they wanted that sissy blue, CJ. I love Orgeron for saying it, but Chip Kelly, like you said, they've got – They've got the Bruins feeling themselves out there in the Pac-12. And, and, I, and uh, newly and ranked at 16, by the way. Yeah, and maybe this might be a little bit of a hot take, but does Ed Orgeron survive November? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think he's got way too much juice there. Two years I'd off, agree. off a national championship, too. That's going to be tough to even yeah, but you consider take, warming his seat up. Yeah, but you take Burrow out of that. I mean, he's a sub-500 coach. Even still, that title, <laughs> that title weighs heavy. Yeah, okay. CJ, man, you you are a hater on your on our boy I, Eddie I'm, O. 
Well, I mean, here's my thing. I, Have it a gumbo. I love Ed Orgeron, but because he walks and he talks like a football guy, but you can't tell me flat out that he was not flat out out coached in that game. He was. It was a mismatch. He was playing checkers and Chip Kelly's playing chess. I feel I don't necessarily agree with that take at all. I think UCLA just has a, has recruited themselves a, some good players and a good team, and has a little bit better quarterback. Um, I, I I know Ed Orgeron and skill position is, guys. To me, Ed Orgeron is closer to Bill Stewart than he is Nick Saban. Let him know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. Not this night. Wow. Wow. That's a mic drop, actually, right there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Ed Orgeron. Pepper the gumbo. I get it. But I don't know. I just – I think he hit lightning in a bottle that one year, and that's that's it. Mm. Time will tell. I mean, I would I would say is he more Gene Chizik than Bill Stewart. Keep Bill's name because, out of this, buddy. Come on now. Well, I, I went Bill Stewart just because you know he's that lovable guy who gives you the quote and you know. No, no. you're right. That guy. is fair. That's, that's that kind of why fair. I went that route. With I, I get it. That, that's true. That's, that's a better comparison than the the Greer the Greer Cowboy comparison from earlier <laughs> on. I can at least hey, understand where you came from with that one. I like that. I like that. I'm I'm actually going to give you more credit for that now than I than I wanted to originally, CJ. I think we knew yeah. it anyway, but I still give it to you. Um, the team that I was most impressed with, man, and I and I hate to do this because I think it um it it, it bodes it, it bodes and makes me a homer here right off the start, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Kansas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Home that would alert. be so Home awesome. Alert. Um, no, I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Mm. I love what I saw of the defense there. Granted, Louisville's not a, a prolific offensive team, but that offense is scary good. Jaron Hurley can make plays. Snoop Connor's a physical runner. That offensive line's pretty good. That defense looked more intact and to sync, and they were getting a little bit better toward the end of last year. And, you know, they made a point about how defense is – can get to kind of didn't get that practice time together last year. Didn't get to grow as as a unit a lot during COVID, um, and have that communication and that trust with one another. And I think that Ole Miss has that right now on defense. I like them a lot, uh, as well as some of the receivers they have. Drummond was making big plays. Brandon Sanders and Matt Corral could sling it there. Um, I love what I see out of the Rebs. I think they're one of the most impressive teams of the weekend, without a question. So since yeah. we're doing it, oh, well, and the thing, well, and the thing I liked what I saw out of Ole Miss, and, and I agree with you, is is Corral stayed away from the the the, the stupid turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. He played, he played clean, efficient football, which is exactly what Lane wants him to do. And if he does that, that's kind of when he, that offense can really, really, really take off and yeah. and become something that's could be truly special. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say my next team, in terms of being impressive on the week, I'm taking the herd, y'all. I think what they did in Navy was impressive, putting up a 50-burger, essentially, with a 49-7 win over Navy. Roll, herd, roll. Uh, Grant Wells looked very efficient. 
333 yards. The two interceptions were balls that literally threw receivers' hands. Marshall had a physicality in the run game against Navy. They blocked two kicks. They And they showed great discipline, too, against the midshipman offense. I was at that game, guys. So, I mean, I, I definitely saw things I liked out of Marshall. The juice was there. That's going to be a scary team for the rest of Conference USA. <laughs> Yeah, now I do want to ask you because you were there and all I got, I didn't see any of the game. I saw the stat lines. And it doesn't shock me that, you know, Navy ran the ball a ton and, and ran for yardage. Was it was it a quiet 300 on the ground? For Navy? Yeah. Absolutely quiet. CJ, okay. it was it was over before it started, buddy. Okay. Because I mean, I know that you, I mean, you know, they're going to run the ball and they're going to, they're going to put up running yards, but sometimes, you know, 300 can be loud. Sometimes it can be quiet. Um, that was just kind of where my curiosity was on it is, was it just, you know, just Navy doing what Navy does or did they pop a couple of big ones? Here's the thing. Navy really never did what Navy does in the game. The backup quarterback made more plays than the starter did. Um, but it was after the result was already over. I mean, they got them on downs at the beginning of the game. After the initial touchdown, then they scored again. Then they had a blocked field goal. Marshall then finally did have to punt, or Marshall finally had a had a miscue. They fumbled at the end of the first quarter, um, but then they block a punt and score again. They're twenty. They're up twenty-one zero before before you even blink your eye. And then Navy at the end of the half get gets has a, their first really sustained drive on offense, right? And they end up having to not get any points at all because they didn't have the timeouts and the quarterback ran with it instead of throwing it at the end of the half. They had a first goal at the five and the half ran out because they they didn't throw the football. They ran an option play. Yeah, it just it feels like Navy searching because the, the quarterback is the, is the key to that whole offense. And it seems like ever since Malcolm Brown left that they've really been kind of searching for, for that guy again. The herd faithful was out in full force too. I mean, it was a – a great day um, up there in Annapolis. Beautiful atmosphere. So cool. They have the names of the battles, the battle stadiums there on the, uh, on the, on the, on the, on the stadium there for people, the atmosphere, you see all the midshipmen in uniform. It some everyone should see as a college football fan. And it's, it was an awesome time. And the herd was definitely uh, came to play. And then, you know, they threw in Navy threw a couple interceptions too in the game, because they were forced to throw, it was it just got out of hand early for him. And Marshall kind of dominated the game. Very quiet, TJ. Very quiet, three hundred yards though. To answer that question from the start. Okay, yeah, like I said, that was that was kind of like I said, I didn't see any of it. Just kind of was looking at the at the box score and some of the, the stats, and just kind of that was one that jumped out at me. It was like, okay, was that a was that a you know just because that's what Navy does, or was you know maybe some of that just not being disciplined, but. No, and, and and Marshall kind of even once they even put in some reserves, still kind of continue to exert their force and kind of do their kind of be the dominating team in the game. And uh, it was a it was a great day for Herd Nation and a, a, a beautiful beautiful weekend, fellas. So, uh, man, I'll take the herd for sure uh, as my number two kind of impressive team of the weekend. <laughs> Say, CJ, who's your uh, uh, next one? You know, uh, 
they're not going to be on the list, but I want to give a quick shout-out to Rutgers. They scored 61. I don't know if they scored that many total last year. Um, I, I'm going to give one. We kind of hit on this a little bit in the West Virginia um, therapy session. Um, Kansas State was kind of impressive. I mean, Stanford's a, a quality win, um, and they did it their way. Uh, ran the ball, um, really kind of dominated that thing. Um, you know, your boy Deuce Vaughn was – you know, sensational. Um, that that looked like Kansas State of old, um, and if and if they play that way, even in conference play, they're they're going to be they're going to be a team. I'm not sure a whole lot of teams in the Big Twelve really want to play. Oh, definitely. And then Zach, your final one man to kind of round out to our kind of our top five or top six impressive teams of the weekend. Yeah, I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't go with the team that I am saying is at least marginally temporarily back until I see more Texas, <laughs> Texas impressed in week one, man. Sarkeesian's first game with the Longhorns, Louisiana, even if they were maybe a little overhyped from last year's success being in the top 25, that's a good one to start the season. And they did it in convincing fashion. Um, new quarterback, new coach, obviously a lot of talent around, but they, they did the damn thing in week one and, They'll get the chance to prove to see if they'll uh, they'll keep it back the rest of the season. Yeah, that that that's a good one. And there, I'm gonna give you one honorable mention real quick. We'll just hit it real quick. Uh, Penn State um, going up to Wisconsin and getting getting a hard fought uh, old school uh, Big Ten win. Absolutely, CJ. I, you know that's one that kind of sneaks by on the weekend. I think just because it was an, a, a kind of a Big Ten slugfest, so it doesn't get the kind of love it probably deserves. Uh, that nineteen to ten win—that's that's a good call, man. Good first weekend of college football, boys. Looking Amazing first weekend of college football. Uh, good to be back. Yeah, great to be back. Well, it, it's oh. it's great to be back. We had you know a top five matchup. We'll get a top ten one this week. Um, yeah, it's this is I, I love it. Bring it. I, I want more of these kind of games at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and you know this week maybe not as as kind of filled as last week in terms of marquee matchups, but there are enough of them, like you said, in the top 10. And then next week, you know, you kind of, there's a, a more intriguing slate, I would say. Um, and that's going to be fun to get to it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we see a big win from Iowa state because I, I want to see Iowa state kind of take that next step this year, fellas. I think that's the one team that I want to see win the most on Saturday. I agree. That'd be a huge step in their program and a Big step for what's now going to be the Big Eight until further notice. <laughs> Let's go Big Eight, man! The big, the Big Eight—that's that's just scary to think about. And we'll be okay one way or the other. We always are. Yeah, it's I'm, true. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, and it kind of because, like I said, I'll be at Mountaineer Field um, watching us. You know, hopefully harpoon a shark, um, but I'll have to keep my phone handy because uh, I won't be able to see. See my flames go 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 lay the smack down on Troy. Liberty and Troy. I forgot yeah. all about that. I didn't even didn't even see it in the in the slate of games either. I don't know how that snuck under the radar because of Malik Willis, but uh, that is going to be a fun one. Zach, are you where are you going to be this week for college football? Just kind of just enjoying a home game as well. Yeah, the birthday boy is going to be chilling, watching the game with family, getting some getting some takeout. Cafe here in St. Albans. 
There you go. The we'll birthday, the birthday key, special, low key weekend with some so hopefully some good football, good football to enjoy for the birthday boy. Absolutely, and you get the NFL to kind of wrap around into the back into your birthday too. I mean, that's it's always a nice little carrot on the on the top of the cake, and uh, you know, birthday cake, whatever that may be. Not a fan <laughs> of carrot cake, but I'll be eating some pumpkin pie. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Birthday pumpkin pie in October or in September. With I like some, it. With some cool whip. Cool whip. <laughs> Ooh, let me have some of that cool whip. What'd you say? You can't have a pie without cool whip. <laughs> that Zach's next milk hyper. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get Fellas. the hair. Gotta gotta get the hair on point though. Oh man, if I can get that gray skunk streak right through there, <laughs> I'll be I'll be living. Just just don't be like Todd McShay. Don't be looking sickly. Um, Dude, what is going on with Tom McShay, though? Yeah, I don't know. Never... They announced yeah. he's taking some time off for health to get his health right and to spend some time with family. I don't know. He didn't look good, though. That's I, I, The thing is, you've heard that story a couple times now in the last couple of years. Yeah, he, he's, yeah he, did not, he, he did not look good. Mm. Peace for Todd. Yeah, he's in peace for exactly Zach. Yeah, he's in peace for Yeah, because we need him to get better because we need him, you know, and Kuiper yelling at each other when the draft comes around. Agreed. Agreed. Well, fellas, thanks for thanks for uh, kind of breaking down the slate here a little bit. Uh, Till next time, y'all take it easy. Just a friendly reminder, guys, during all of your football season, there's really only one place to get all your information, and that's at walliesandwimpysports.com. Pick up the, the print edition there at all of your local Parmar stores throughout the valley, some Exxons, Marathon, Sitgo's, anywhere with your neighborhood Parmar store, you can find some Wallies and Wimpies. Got all the schedules, some insight. Jim and the boys do a great job, and we're excited to partner with Wallies and Wimpies. So definitely make sure that you're uh, looking for those when you go there and pay your gas. Uh, get your football schedules too. So pick up your wellies and wimpies today. And now back to the porch. <laughs>